and welcome to the Aspire Hire podcast, your host, Dave Glazer. We provide personal trainers with simple solutions to build a business, master online training, and eventually open their own studio. Our goal is to share business systems, marketing tools, customer service strategies to help you build a business quickly so that it can be sustained long term. Hi guys, welcome back to the Aspire Hire podcast. My name is Dave Glazer. I'm so ecstatic to invite my guest, introduce my guests. Uh, Kalani Michelle is a professional personal brand strategist with a company that she created called Brandstrom. Am I saying that correctly? You are. Awesome. She has been featured on uh, networks such as NBC, Fox, CBS, and other podcasts as well as publications. Um, I wanted to invite her on today to share her extensive knowledge on how a personal brand for personal trainers can move you forward. How's your day going? It's great. How's yours? It's fantastic. Thanks again for taking the time. Uh, first off, let's jump right in and uh, could you tell me a little bit about how you got started and why you got started with personal branding? Yeah. So um, I actually never thought I'd be running my own business. I never thought I'd be running a team of people who I personally recruited. I always thought um, I'd work in the corporate world. And uh, I got I started learning elements of, of branding back in 2010 now. And um, that was just more for my own knowledge and I, and I enjoyed it. At the time, I was still in the corporate world. I did, however, start going down entrepreneurial rabbit holes just because I wasn't satisfied uh, with the corporate world or me, uh, my job being limited by my job description. I knew that there was more to me than, than just that. And so uh, 2014, I finished my MBA. Uh, 2014, 2015, I started building my personal brand. And then 2016, I started monetizing it. And I said, I really enjoy this. I really like being able to serve people and seeing my, the impact that I'm having on them firsthand rather than, you know, working in the corporate world and then not really seeing the impact that I'm, that I'm personally having on an individual person. And so people were asking me how I was monetizing my personal brand and I started teaching them. And then I started learning more and more about marketing and, and branding and PR and all these different elements. And um, that's kind of how it has evolved. I can't do what I do to the extent that I do it without a team and so now I've hired a team and and that's what we do we build personal brands for coaches authors speakers network marketers real estate agents and other entrepreneurs that's fantastic congratulations uh, in 30 seconds or less can you describe how you monetize your personal brand how I did or how I currently do how you did originally how did how did you get Instagram started? Posting Instagram. on Instagram mm -hmm. okay uh, were you selling a product or were you offering a service at that time? No, I was just posting fun adventure pictures. Fun adventure, living the life. Yes, trying to. <laughs> awesome. So you talked about uh, leaving an impact and making an impact outside of the corporate world. What is it specifically that drives you every day? What's your big why? My big why is being able to give people hope that they don't have in themselves. So a lot of times people don't see the value that, that I can see or that others can see. And I just love being able to bring that out of them and then give them hope where they can actually create a business out of themselves. So when somebody comes to you, first of all, who is it that you see most oftentimes coming to you? Entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. So can, do they have 
uh, a startup in mind and then you help them cultivate that idea? Or do they have an existing business that they, they want to use your help to propel them forward? So it depends on the package. So we ha I have clarity sessions and some of uh, the other packages that focus more on just giving the entrepreneur clarity and helping them in those first steps. But then I also have like my platinum package and that's more for established entrepreneurs who have a validated offering where then we just help them create other products and services. In addition, we help them with their branding, whether it's the verbal side of it, the visual side of it, social media and all the other platforms. And so we, we work with both spectrums, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's, that's awesome. That's very cool. And, um, a client comes to you and what can they expect in that clarity session? What, what kind of questions do you frequently ask and what direction are you trying to lead them in? I'm leading them in the direction that they are, uh, tending toward but they don't necessarily know it so we dive deep into their story and their why and their vision and what to, what they want to be known for and then we kind of work backwards from there saying okay well what transformation do you provide to clients what's your expertise what do you already have within yourself where you don't have to go and you don't have to get credentials or a, a master's degree or a phd in those things and so we work off of that and then we build their personal brand so they have a good foundation to uh, go off of. Um, a lot of times when the branding is poor, people make those judgments right away saying, oh, well, their website looks like junk, like their products and services m must be junk. And that's not really the case in, in that the products and services are junk. It's just that that's automatically what people think. And so I help to establish the individuals as an expert in a, or an authority in the industry so that when people do encounter their brand, whether it's their website, uh, their social media profiles, their email, or even other platforms where people automatically think like, wow, this person has it together. They're, they must be an authority or an expert in their industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give me an example of like uh, one of your favorite clients or somebody you've really enjoyed working with? Uh, what industry were they in and where were they at when they started and, and where did you take them to? Yeah, so um, co coaches are pretty fun. Coaches are fun because there's a lot of um, products and services that they can offer. Typically, we they, typically they only have about one or two products, and then we I help them create maybe one to two more where they're offering lower value, lower price products or services up to higher va value, higher price products and services. And the reason why we do that is because sometimes someone may encounter your brand, but they're not willing to spend $400 or $2,000 or $5,000 on a product or service, but they're willing to spend 10, 20, $30 on it. And then after they buy that, then it's like, Oh, Hey, like, no, I trust you enough that I will buy your more expensive products and services. So, um, co coaches are great for that. Um, and typically with them, because they already have some sort of validated offer, uh, we can then build out their, their, uh, websites, their, their logo, all the verbal side of it. We rebrand their Facebook, their Instagram, their LinkedIn, if they're using it, uh, their Pinterest, if they're using it. And um, we help them with uh, any PDFs that they have. We help create a branded, uh, a consistent brand design that's similar to what they already have on their website and their social media profiles. We also help sometimes with uh, membership sites. And that's really popular with coaches too, is having some sort of membership site. So it's, yeah, it's really taking them to the point where it's like, hey, I'm a coach. I don't 
I know what transformation I, I provide to people. I don't really know what my elevator pitch is exactly. I really need to nail that down. I don't know what title I should go by. I maybe have a website, but it was a total DIY website. And then I have a product or, or two that I'm offering. And then we take them and we give them just this solid personal brand. Uh, that's, that sounds exactly like part of the journey that I was able to go through over the past five years. Uh, identifying a unique selling proposition, identifying what sets me apart in the industry. What sets you apart in your industry? Well, A, I'm not branding companies per se. I'm branding individuals. Most branding experts that anyone encounters, typically they only target businesses or corporations because that's where the big money is. Uh, but I want to target uh, personal brands because I want to work with people. I want to help them see their um, the uniqueness in them and help bring that to life where for me, it's just to chase the money um, and just go down the corporate side of things isn't where my passion is. And that's not to say that there's not money in, in this industry because there, there, there's plenty of money in this industry. Um, but, but not just that, I don't know anyone who's um, helping personal brands the way that I am. Typically it would just maybe be website logo, but I'm literally taking a personal brand. So coach, author, speaker, network marketer, other entrepreneur, I'm literally taking them. We're doing the branding. We're helping them with their digital marketing. We're helping them with their social media, but then we also help them create products and services, typically digital products and services, but sometimes it could be public speaking, hosting events, writing a book and things like that. Awesome. Uh, you said a keyword in there that, that our industry, the fitness industry loves, and that's social media. Uh, how powerful is it to have a social media preference for a personal brand and for your business? Like separate? Uh, yeah, because there's always going to be a little bit of crossover. You know, like mm -hmm. if we don't have our personal values built into our, our business, then mm, the passion kind of wanes and then we kind of lose our vision overall. So in mm -hmm. our businesses or my personal values actually are embedded into the fitness business that we run. Um, and our clients. So the first, what was that? Go ahead. So the personal brand in, in, in the fitness industry, that, that business typically is the personal brand. You might have a different name for it. Your name might be um, Jane Doe, but your business is maybe JD training. So they're pretty much one and the same, even though you just have this storefront up, if you will, with the name of your business, but they're pretty much the same, especially if you're the leader, you're the founder, you're the CEO, you're the one providing the services to clients. Like it's pretty much a personal brand. It, it really is like you need to be at the forefront of it because if you're not, people aren't going to buy into it. There are so many different fitness programs on the market. What makes yours different? What is it about, you know, Jane Doe that makes this program so important? People have to buy into the individual first and then they buy the products and services. Oh, that's so very true. And I have found that over and over and over again. Um, the no like and trust factor that, that we have to, as representatives, um, create in our, in our audience that we're speaking to every day. Because without that, we just kind of don't get that ball moving forward. Yeah. Um, when a client comes to you, how much are you working on like their, their mindset of growth? I mean, they have this big vision, but can you help walk them through um, how they can potentially grow their business? Yeah. So, so I would say that 
on, on the spectrum of um, the validated entrepreneur, if you will, and then the person who's just kind of getting started or maybe in say zero to 12 months. Um, with that individual, yeah, a lot of it's the mindset work. A lot of them, a lot of it, a lot of it is um, giving them clarity because a lot of times the reason why they're struggling with their mindset is because they don't have clarity. They're not clear on who they are, what they want to do, who they want to serve, what transformation they provide. So a lot of times we're, we're digging deep, we're getting clear on that first, and then they feel so much more comfortable that they actually have a path to follow. And then it's not, there still are those mindset limiting beliefs, but not nearly as much once they get clear. That's a key word for me. Limiting beliefs have have come up and gone away and then come back up again in my business. Um, have you ever experienced that yourself? You know, I have. I don't, I, I mean, I, I've had times where I will have like, no, like, who am I? Why am I doing this? Or I can't do this. Like there's people that are 50 million stages ahead of me. And, but then, but then the cool part is, is when you take a, a chance to reflect on what you've accomplished, how far you've come, it's like, no, I really can do this. And there, there are other people starting where I was, but guess what? I'm no longer there. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, here, but yet I still have so much uh, more growth to be had and, and so much more to learn. I completely agree. And I've experienced that the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Um, I think that that's what binds us together as self-employed um, professionals, providing a service, especially, uh, Sometimes your service isn't in high demand, and then other times uh, you have to create a team of 10 people. <laughs> what was that step or what was that tipping point that helped you decide to bring on that first teammate? I knew that I couldn't do it alone. So actually, so my first hire was about two years ago, and that was actually a virtual assistant who was helping me with social media. Um, just helping me with, you know, engagement and those and, and replying to people and, and, and things like that. So that was my first hire. And I would say that was probably a little bit easier in terms of some of like the other hires. Those were because the, that person's skills or that, that new hire, like they had skills and superpowers that I didn't. Mm -hmm. and so for me to sit here and try to do what they did, a was not going to be the same quality and B was going to take me two times as long. So for me, it was, it was a no brainer to say, no, like, this is where I'm lacking. These are not my superpowers. And because of that, I need to hire someone who is, who excels in those areas. I totally get that. You know, um, you said leader earlier, personal brand tied to the leader. Even if our branding here at Fit Life Champions isn't the same as me and my personal brand, we're, we're looking for cultural fits when we talk to trainers, when we and we're looking for trainers to work with us here in person and around the country as well. That culture is really what creates the whole experience for us as business owners. And we can pass it along to our clients. But um, those strengths that your teammates have that you don't, how did you, how did you take that moment to realize that that was the best decision for your business? Sometimes you don't know if it's the best decision. Sometimes it's like the only decision that you know. And my biggest, probably one of, one of my strengths is always trusting my intuition. And I really don't feel like it's steered me wrong. Um, and I've always been very vocal and honest with people. If something just doesn't feel right, I let them know whether or not 
they like it or not. Like, I just know that that serves me best. And then I feel like I can sleep at night. So same thing, like when hiring somebody, it was just like, I wasn't a hundred percent sure if I should do it, but I knew that I, that I really should trust my intuition. And you know what? I've had some hires where it didn't work out. I've had some hires, like say, um, someone who was on my team, she's going through a divorce. So we had to Um, she had to take some time and she still hasn't come back on the team, but she was great. I absolutely loved her. Um, but I mean, life happens and it gets in the way, but for me, like you really just have to trust your intuition and know that if it doesn't work out, like it's okay. Like you can always fire the person. You can always put it on pause. You can always, um, maybe wait and then let the person know, Hey, maybe I'll be ready for your expertise in about six months. And so I think just trusting your intuition and going from there and then pivoting after you've made those decisions into, you know, decisions that you think can be even better. Mm, I, I completely agree. Uh, when we were talking before we jumped on the recording, uh, you're telling me about how you starting a new program at orange theory. Um, how important is it for fitness as a business owner to keep you moving forward? Well, just, I I can't even necessarily just say it's as a business owner, but even just as an individual, I mean, it's so tight. If I'm just not feeling all that great or um, I'm in a lull, like then my business suffers. So both like as a business owner, but as an individual, um, fitness is very important to me. It it really is. I I personally like to work out five to six days a week. And if I only get like three days, I kind of feel like sloppy and like my mood isn't elevated and I don't have as much energy. And so it's something that I really try to prioritize to make sure that I do every day because I know how I feel when I don't have that in my life. And when I'm not feeling that great, I can't perform that great as a business owner. Mm. You're speaking my, you're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's exactly how I feel, you know, five or six days a week trying to get plenty of activity in. And then the nutrition piece is a component as well. Um, Let's jump back to social media a little bit more. Is there one social media platform right now that's trending um, for your clients? In terms of like client acquisition and generating leads, um, for me, it's Facebook. Um, LinkedIn's a good one too. For coaches, Facebook is phenomenal. Facebook is even better than Instagram for a majority of coaches because it's a lot more personal. Instagram, you just see this um, highly curated feed, these beautiful pictures, but you don't really get that one-on-one interaction where on Facebook, we can just post a, 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 a sentence or a quote or a story or a paragraph where it's just text, where with Instagram, it's not that way so much. So Instagram's not as personable where Facebook really is. And there's there are things that you can do on Facebook to be able to generate more leads. Like how many... Not, I'm not asking you this, Dave, but like in terms of like the listeners, like how many friends do you have on there? Do you only have 400? Well, how many people are really going to know what you're all about? Maybe you should try to get your friends up to 5,000. And that that's like one, um, one strategy that the listeners can implement is get your friends up there, start sending messages to people, send happy birthday messages to people, um, build relationships because people aren't going to buy your products and services until they buy into you and they know that you care. And since we're, uh, thank you very much for that advice, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. And considering that we're talking about personal brands when it comes to Facebook, are you talking specifically about the business side of Facebook or your personal page? Personal. That 5,000. Personal, because you don't have to pay to play. I mean, granted, 
we're, there's still the algorithm. We still only show up to a certain percent of people, but it's much higher than the business uh, Facebook page. Is that frustrating to your clients and to yourself? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but you know what? As a business owner, it, it, it's good because then you can run ads and you can promote your posts and all that stuff. But for the general public, it is frustrating because a, a lot of coaches out there don't have, you know, thousands of dollars to spend on Facebook ads every year. Mm -hmm. When I'm walking our clients or our trainers here in the building um, through that Facebook marketing for beginners or for the novice or for the intermediate, I always tend to recommend that that personal page is the strongest tool that you have in your toolbox. Like you said, wishing people happy birthdays, um, creating events from your personal page versus your business page will actually gain a lot more exposure. Um, however, you're still tagging your business in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that key piece of advice of gain extra friends on Facebook um, because they are, they are basically like an email list. Mm -hmm. um, do you support your clients on a private Facebook group or a closed Facebook group? And do you recommend that strategy? I have a Facebook group. I really don't use it anymore. It's just for me, I have so many different areas where I'm already working that I'm, it spreads me a little bit thinner to have everything in my, in my Facebook group. Not just that the, um, I tend to do a lot of one-on-one -on -one work with clients where especially for Facebook groups, I'm giving away so much information, which is great. But what most people on the branding side, what they need is that one-on-one -on -one hand holding. They don't necessarily need a Facebook group. Yeah, it would be beneficial. But for me, it's just, if you want to be that close to me, you're, you're going to have to pay, you know, I mean, unless we're friends on Facebook or Instagram and LinkedIn and, the, and those platforms where you're seeing the free information that I'm already giving out. But mm -hmm. in terms of me to dedicate that much more time to a Facebook group, it's just, it's just not in my cards right now. I got it. And you, you said um, that, that phrase spread too thin. And as, as business, business owners, we wear so many hats, uh, mm -hmm. digital marketer, um, <laughs> personal brand strategist, um, <laughs> face-to-face uh, -face marketing. So what I've found with the closed Facebook group, let me just get your feedback on this strategy of current clients that are members are added to this group. And then we're, when we're hosting events, that's where we post that. Uh, say like us, um, my digital marketing friend, he builds websites. Um, uh, we cross refer occasionally. He invites me to his happy hours. And I find out about the happy hours through this closed group that I'm a part of, you know, I don't have to pay attention as the viewer for very long. And as the operator of the business, I don't necessarily have to spend a whole lot of time there. Um, could you critique that strategy just a little bit? I mean, I think a Facebook group is great. I mean, it's like better than an email list. Really, it really is. If you have the time to dedicate to it, great. But don't start a Facebook group if you're not willing to put in the time. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not willing to put in the time right now and prioritize that among everything else I have going on. But if any of the listeners are willing to put in the time and make sure that the engagement is higher and make sure that they're posting good quality content in there, like, I think it's a phenomenal idea. I think it's a great way to sell products and services to really get 
with that no like and trust because you've already filtered people into the group who are interested in say fitness or nutrition or whatever you know that individual's area of expertise is and then from there it's like these are already warm leads so I, I think it's a great idea but you have to be willing to put in the work it's not like hey let's put up a group and then never post in there and never engage in there like to me that that's pointless gotcha yeah, starting up the group in the beginning wasted maybe five or 10 minutes of your time, but it could be an energy drain as well on that sole proprietor, on the beginner entrepreneur who, who doesn't have time to do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so once, you, once you've gotten this clarifying meeting taken care of and, and your clients are rocking and rolling and they spend a little bit of one-on-one -on -one time, um, what can they expect out of the rest of the process uh, when working with you as far as creating design and uh, you said the, the phrase verbal brand or yes. verbal. Uh, can you explain that? Clarify that? Yeah, just a little so um, like taglines, what your, what your values are, like what your attributes are for your brand, what you want people to feel when they encounter your brand, because our personal brands or our brands in general, they aren't what we say they are. They're what our clients or potential clients or anyone else says that, that, that it is. And so for us, like we have to make sure that on the verbal side, we're communicating what it is that we want the end client to feel because we, we're emotional creatures. We, buy, we don't buy off of logic. We buy off of emotion. We buy off of how good the car is going to make us feel when we're, when we're driving it, how good this handbag makes me feel as I'm walking around the store, how great these new shoes make us feel like we buy on the emotion and not the logic. And so we have to make sure that what we're communicating through our personal brands elicits a certain uh, emotional response from the end client. Mm -hmm. uh, are you spending time with your clients talking about pain points as far as that emotional involvement in the purchasing process goes? Yeah. So pain and pleasure points. Those are very important when uh, writing your copy, writing your sales pages, your, your website. That's actually a big thing. It's interesting. I'm working with a coach right now and um, she didn't realize how important it is when, Hey, are you struggling with X, Y, and Z? It's not what you think X, Y, and Z is, although it's not all that hard to figure out. Your that X, Y, and Z is what you've heard from your clients or potential clients. That's what you fill in the blank with. Not necessarily what we think because what we think people will buy isn't necessarily what the market wants. Mm, it's what I, we want. <laughs> I've, I've learned that lesson a few times over the course of five and a half years of solar entrepreneurship. And uh, we have an excellent team here. Like uh, Mackenzie has a physical therapy background. So you know what? She works with a, a client with a knee replacement, whereas I'm not the best fit for that client. And therefore I have to understand my strengths and weaknesses my strengths don't lie with copy. They don't. But my strengths do lie with systems. Are you implementing systems in your business to help your clients um, get to their goals faster? I am a big systems person. In fact, I just created a spreadsheet this morning and sent to one of my clients and said, hey, this is where your brand stands because we're doing a 60-day rebrand for her. This is where it stands. This is where we are. This is what we need to do. And for me, that's how I operate. I'm very much... Um, on the systems, the business, the operations side of thing than I am some of the other things. And so for me, I always, like, I literally have to have visuals. And I know you can't see this on the podcast, but if on the, on the video, like, this is how, like, that's just how my mind works. Sure. Like, I just have to have stuff like this because 
that's just, that's just how it works. So I'm very big into systems. How can we, you know, eliminate certain things to streamline operations? Do we need to add something to make it even better? All those things. <laughs> are, those are, those are quick, quick uh, views of your flow charts. Is that what those are? Uh, yeah, actually. So one of them is the different areas of, um, of our business. And then one of them is all the different things that I have going on because a lot of times I, I can't, when somebody asks me what I have going on, it's hard to remember everything. So mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, I have this, I have this. And I, you know, it's like 10 things, but it's how I, it's just, it's just how I operate. <laughs> I'm a systems minded guy as well. Um, that's, that's what we offer to our, our, our teammates here in, in the studio is, uh, systems, simple systems to build your business and master online training so that you're not working 70 hours a week. Um, whether you have 10 session hours with clients or 30 session hours with clients, we want to automate as much as we possibly can. Um, and I'm a huge fan of flowcharts and writing these ideas down because it, it can't stay all the way up here and actually accomplish all the goals that we want to do especially mm -hmm. if you're going to delegate to teammates. Mm -hmm. um, so if there's, if there's one message that you want our audience to take away from our conversation today, what's the best key piece of advice to get the ball rolling or to keep the ball rolling down, the, um, down towards our clients' goals? Yeah. So you have to humanize your brand. Like you have to be a human. You have to be relatable. If you want to stand out in the industry and you want people to purchase your products and services, you have to humanize it. You have to, you have to tell stories. You have to tell part of like your struggles. You have to be open to things. I mean, you don't have to tell your whole life story if you're, if you know, you're not comfortable with that, but you have to humanize your brand so that people buy into you because they're not going to buy your products and services that, that are just like every other product and services or service on Google, they're going to buy into you first because they have that trust and that, that confidence in you and then they'll buy your products and services. So just think like, how can I humanize my brand and how can I make sure that my personal brand is at the forefront of it? Mm -hmm. And within that, with that, within, within that humanizing of your brand, does the word authenticity come up? You know, it is. That's, I feel, sometimes I feel like that's such an overplayed word, but it's so true. So being, I mean, you can be authentic in different ways. Like for me, being authentic is showing people where I came from and being very open about like my struggles in life and how I grew up and, and those sort of things because it humanizes it and it shows people like, I'm not just where I am by accident. Like I've worked hard, I've struggled and it's okay. These struggles are there. And it's the same thing, say for a fitness professional, it's like, what struggles have you gone through? Not that you're just this, you know, jacked, you know, six pack, six to, you know, 190 pound guy. It's like, no, what did you have to do to get there? Because your clients don't relate to you with where you are now. I mean, they see that as a goal, but they don't relate to that. What they relate to is where you were before you got there. Uh, sharing your story over the course of time, whether it's on social media or whether it's on in person with your with your small network or family, friends, and coworkers, um, that's that's how I began my business. You know, working nights at a restaurant slash bartender and building my personal training business during the day. I just talked to everybody I possibly could about what my passion was at that time. And then when I added systems to my business, revenue grew 84%. Yeah. It, was in, it was incredible. And then when I found out my, my true purpose, 
then we saw even more exponential growth. So when you're sharing your purpose with clients and teammates, how do you build, how do you create the buy-in factor so that they help you reach your goals while they're reaching theirs? So a lot of times I tell them what I'm doing. I tell them like, what I, what I personally envision for myself, but what I envision for, for the business and how I want to be able to help clients. But the, the thing about like teammates is they need to feel like they're valuable, like what they're actually spending this time on, even though they're getting paid, what they're, what they're spending their time on is actually worth something that's actually having that impact. Tom Bill, you, do you listen to impact theory at all? I do. He, and I relationship theory too. Okay. Yeah. I love that yeah. one too. I don't yeah. know what episode, I feel like it was a recent one, unless I was, you know, just stalking him scrolling down. Like I sometimes do. Um, he was talking though about, um, the environment at quest and how he, what he learned is that he really had to make people feel as though they were valued. And I think that that's very important when having a team is that it's very, you have to make them feel valued and, and thank them and tell them how much you appreciate them. And so I will just send messages. Um, we have group chats, um, for my team and I'll just, cause most of the work is digital. Most of them don't live here in Utah and I'll just say, Hey, I appreciate you. Or at the end of a call, just be like, I appreciate your hard work. Thank you so much. And it's just making them feel a little something extra special. Uh, that's a that's a key piece of of leadership. Um, is there one? Uh, are you much of a reader? I go through my phases. Some depends on what I have going on. Sometimes I'm a reader. Sometimes I'm more of a podcast audiobook person. Sure, I can't live without my Audible. It gets me through my commute and, <laughs> and podcast. So if there's if there's one book that changed your personal life or your professional life, uh, sh- throw us out that recommendation. So one, one that comes to mind is the compound effect. Have you read that one? Yeah. Of course you have. Yes. Yeah. That that was a good one. It's a, it's an easy read too. And it's just, you know, everything we do, it just compounds, whether it's good or bad, whether it's eating 10 donuts a day, that's going to compound over time. Yes, it is. And if we were relating it to marketing, um, uh, clients that we work with or trainers that we work with here, they're like, well, I, I made a post about it. And I'd got nothing from it. Well, that's, that's great. You got, you got step one done. And then based on the compound effect, now we got to send out that next layer, that next base mm-hmm. layer on top of that. And then the following layer and then so forth, because correct me if I'm wrong, there's, there's 11 to 17 exposures on digital marketing for somebody to even start paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, it's even as low as seven on some of them. So I kind of just go with seven as the baseline, but typically it's in the teens. So yeah, just because you posted one thing that that doesn't mean that your audience or your friends or your followers are going to see you as an expert. You need to post over and over and over. Even if it seems like it's repetitive to us, it's not to the end client. Think about how many times say there's, um, I don't want to use a common brand. What's up? Maybe say that there was a new fitness company, the next, I don't know, Lululemon. And um, if we just saw it once, we're going to be like, eh, I don't know. I don't really trust this brand yet. I don't know if their clothes are really that great. But then if I kept seeing it and I kept seeing it, whether it's even through a Facebook ad or now my friends are wearing it, then I'm like, okay, now I'm starting to like this brand. Now I'm starting to trust them and now I'm going to buy their products and services. So it's the same thing when we think we're being repetitive. Oftentimes the end client doesn't see it that way. I've, I've heard that so many times in five and a half years and 
combining, combining email marketing and Facebook marketing and Instagram, I have to constantly remind myself that not each and every single one of my clients are on all of those platforms. <laughs> mm -hmm. And with the algorithm, even if they are, they probably aren't seeing your stuff. That's, that's so very true. And instead of getting frustrated with that process, how do we enjoy it? How do we stay present with it um, the whole time when we're not getting results and when we are getting results from it? Well, put yourself in the client's shoes. Like, have you provided enough value as a business owner or as a trainer that you would even want to buy into your products and services, let alone somebody else? So you have to put yourself in the, in the client's shoes. Like, how are you making them feel? Are you really even enticing them to buy your products and services? Because if, if you don't feel like you would be enticed by that, by those same actions, what makes you think that you're in clients going to be? And so when you kind of take a, a step back and you look at it that way, then it's like, oh, well, gee, I only posted about it once. I'm running this challenge that's coming up, but I only posted once and no one signed up. Oh, well, how would you feel if, you know, uh, Joe Smo did the same thing? You probably wouldn't sign up either. So true. you could do a Facebook live, a video, a text post, a, a blog post, you know, whatever it is. So then people have different ways to see you. It's the same thing with me. There's, there are people that have encountered my business multiple times, but it might take that one particular post that they see or that one particular transformation that I provided to a client where they're like, Oh, I want that. Now I need you. Sometimes they just don't realize it. So you have to be repetitive in everything that you do on social media and marketing in general. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you there for sure. And I, I like to remind people in this conversation, this exact conversation, however many times I've had over the years that if your audience sees you consistently showing up with your passion, um, day after day, year after year, we call it the stick and stay. And if you stick with it long enough and you stay on your path long enough, people will eventually pay attention enough to pay attention to that one post or that one statement or that one phone call or that one email that resonates with them most. That's a strong enough pleasure pain point in mm -hmm. order to give you a call, set the appointment and say yes after the consultation. Yes, exactly. You, you have to be consistent with it because if you aren't consistent with your messaging, your posting, your social media, or any other avenue, your ideal client isn't going to see you as consistent. Therefore, they're going to think that your skin isn't 100% in the game. Mm -hmm. I love that. Consistency is, is what our business is built on as fitness professionals. If we can't keep you consistent, then you're not going to reach your goals anyways. If we're not consistent reaching our goals as the, like the leader by example, then our clients aren't going to believe in us either. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So, we have to be that leader. <laughs> yes, that's correct. That's every single day, the leader. Uh, so going back to that personal connection that our audience has with us on, on social media, um, we can analyze and we can look back on, say like our last 10 posts on Instagram or Facebook. We're like, oh, I got, I got in the teens here on likes and comments. I got 30, 40 something or other interactions on this. And then we go a few weeks later and we're not even trying to sell anybody anything and we're showing up as our authentic self. Like it's my daughter's birthday today. So I take a uh, happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday, Maddie. And <laughs> she's 16. And, um, and I, I make a, a, a post intentionally um, being proud of her and, and just uh, seeing that she's 
culminating her life as a young woman already at 16. And that's the post that gets so much more interaction than anything else. And it goes back to the identifying with the personal brand and connecting to know, like, and trust that person. Mm -hmm. it, you're, you're letting people into your life. You're letting them see the human element of it. And with that, they feel more connected to you. So it's the same thing as how can we humanize our brand? Can I bring my husband into this? Can I bring, I mean, I don't have kids or, or animals, but can I bring these different elements of my personal life into this without constantly posting about my kids or my dog all over my feed? Because people don't want to see that all the time, but occasionally they do like to see um, other characters in my life. It's the same thing as a book. Like you don't just typically read a book about that's about one person. It usually has other characters and that's what gives it that storyline. Got it. That's, that's really good um, food for thought as a, as a broad spectrum marketing strategy. Um, maybe every sixth post of mine is about business, um, specifically call to action, getting somebody to take a look at this product or uh, come in for a free consultation. But um, I, wanted to, I wanted to wrap up by asking you, where can people find you most and what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? So I would say Facebook and Instagram are probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me and send me a message. If you do friend request me or become friends on Instagram, like send me a message and let me know how you came about because I always love hearing that. And plus I, I automatically feel like I have this instant connection and then I know how much they already know about like what I'm doing or, or, you know, parts of my history, parts of my personal brand. And so I always love it when they reach out to me. Awesome. We will do that. So we'll post uh, your information in the show notes. Um, I've already placed um, your contact info from the website, but can you uh, shout out your Instagram handle really quick? Kalani Michelle. So C-A-L-O-N-I and then Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. So it's, it's there everywhere. LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, uh, every single place it seems. Sounds like you know a little bit about branding. Nope. Nope. Not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to I want to respect your time and I want to appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so very much for spending the time with us here on the Aspire Hire podcast. For those of you that Kalani's message resonates with today, please don't hesitate to reach out with her. And if the Aspire Hire message resonates with you too, please don't hesitate to share, um, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, and leave us a review. That's great, so that we can get the feedback and and improve our. Uh, audience, our expert guests, and just push each other forward so that you can build a business um, and you're not alone. Thank you again. Uh, appreciate your time. You're welcome.